Although I do think we both practice to come a little bit in mm-hmm. from our ends of the continuum. Right in the middle. Um, but the truth is we were best when we were working together um, because the visionary part always does have a practical part. And if we can learn how to put those together, we can really be an effective partnership. Welcome to the Faithful and True Podcast. Well, you asked for it, you got it. We have brought <laughs> Debbie Laser back with us today for a follow-up conversation uh, that we started on our last podcast talking about vision. Absolutely. And if you missed the last one, we'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to it. But just to begin, this idea of vision, I would say it's that invitation from God based upon where I am to something new. And so it really is God's prompting that there is something beyond me. There's something greater um, that I don't have to stay where I am. And we've talked about it as an individual, that each of us having visions for our lives, um, becoming the person that God created us to be. And we also began talking about what it looks like for couples to have visions together. So here are two individuals that may have different perspectives different backgrounds and now they come together to try to create a sense of vision for their lives um where would you encourage a couple that maybe this is brand new to them even to begin that conversation well i started to mention last time that i I think what's most fun actually is to have a conversation about what you what you've learned about vision Mm. what have you seen in your own family how did people talk about that or didn't Um, What prevents you from being a visionary kind of person? Are you a real practical sort of person like I am? And so that kept me very grounded and very cautious about dreaming too big. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder that I married someone who dreamed big. You know, we often do marry the opposite of what we are. And I would love his dreams in the beginning, but then I would hate him because they're like, well, but you got to think about this and this and this and this, you know, and, and so then we would argue about it. And, um, and the truth is, I wanted to be a visionary person. How about if you be the practical person, you know? But it didn't always Did that ever work happen? out that way. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think we both practice to come a little bit in mm-hmm. from our ends of the continuum. Right in the middle. Um, but the truth is, we were best when we were working together. Um, because the visionary part always does have a practical part. And if we can learn how to put those together, we can really be an effective partnership. Yep. Well, so maybe this would be a good place to distinguish between a dreamer and a visionary. Mm-hmm. That, that there are times that we have these dreams. Um, and again, they can easily become more of a fantasy if they're not grounded in reality. And it, I don't think there's anything with, wrong with dreams. You know, mm-hmm. we can have those and, and just acknowledge that that's what they are. There is this, again, vision begins with truth. So there is this practical conversation. There is this practical foundation, I think, that is inherent in a vision. Mm-hmm. That if, if it's outside of reality, if it's, it's, we would even say it's not in any way practical, then maybe it's less of a vision and maybe more of a dream or maybe it's more of that fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so having that conversation of this is where we are, how do we get to someplace new, I think is part of the vision conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the things we like to have our couples do is 
write down a statement of their own about why a particular slice of vision is important to them. Uh, what is the meaning of creating vision for, say, physical health? That was one of the first slices I mentioned last time. Um, it could be that we're just, you know, we work out every day because that's just what we do. Uh, but when you think about it, why do I do that? And, and answering the why question is what helps us get to what our vision is. Um, I, I remember Mark and I began to create our vision for physical health. Not only that, we wanted to be able to live as long as possible in our life with bodies that were vibrant and capable of participating in life. And um, if we were working on strength or nutrition things or other things, a lot of it was for that bigger vision in our life that we, we wanted to have bodies that worked for us. Mm-hmm. Um, under that, then, we talk about goals because goals are the specific steps that we're going to put into place to actually accomplish a vision. So once a couple creates their own vision statements, what we like to do is have them bring them in to our session. We often work on this together, but we don't have to. They, if they're able to do that on their own, um, we figure out where they can merge their two ver- vision statements, if at all possible. Right. And usually they can. They're, you know, Vision statements are not always that different. Maybe action steps are, but oftentimes what they both want in life is not always that different. Right. So, and maybe what's mm-hmm. true is where they're experiencing some differences is in how they prioritize them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, let's say that for you, health is something that is important. Well, obviously... I want to be healthy. I may not prioritize it in the same way that you do, mm-hmm. but I can be supportive of you. And in supporting you, I'm also being supportive of myself realizing that vision. Yes. So it may not be the same level of priority that somebody else has for whatever reason. But again, I support my spouse in the vision that they have. And that's part of the way that we partner together mm-hmm. in this. Right. I don't have to prioritize it in the same way. And I can support mm-hmm. my spouse as he or she prioritizes it but if we can share that part where we do overlap vision Mm -hmm. and then we can create goals from that place it gives us something that we will now begin to do together so when mark and i years ago were talking about these vision statements and physical health for instance um, we did have different priorities mark really liked to work out every day i'm more of a three times a week person now i'm kind of a well i don't need to get into that <laughs> it's a monthly <laughs> i'm working on a new vision let me just say <laughs> um, but what's true is because of his priority for that it moved it into his individual vision statements mm-hmm. do you see and that's right. why i want to talk about mm-hmm. that at points that we can have differences where we, we merge what we can, and we work on that together. And then what's separate and what, how we prioritize other things differently, they move into our individual vision right. statements. So. And I think just to, to identify, in the way that we teach at the men's workshop, we want people to understand that when we are having a vision or we're communicating a vision, it's coming from our wise man or our wise adult, that the fantasies are coming from our survivor. And so one of the things as we're doing this is in my determining my vision, I'm doing that as a wise adult. When I'm living out my vision, when I'm moving towards those goals, I'm doing that as a wise adult. And as I'm supporting my spouse, I'm doing as a wise adult. Anytime our survivor gets a part of that, it's going to dilute it. It's going to make it complex in a way that's not needed. Mm -hmm. So I may start with a vision such as, I want to be healthy, 
but then my survivor can hijack that and suddenly I'm working out every day in this compulsive survivor way and it makes perfect sense that my spouse would struggle supporting something that's coming from my survivor. Mm -hmm. So even as couples are navigating the complexity of this, it's our responsibility to the best of our ability that we bring our wise adult self into the experiences and into those conversations. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we were talking about there's a timing for people to start working on vision in a healthy way, because if we're not careful, we can use the goals of vision to become coping, which Mm -hmm. is like what you're talking about. And they can become more of a way we're escaping things instead of, um, you know, looking towards those things that God is trying to develop in us for enjoying this earth and also serving others. And so we want to make sure we're coming at it from that wise person place. Yeah. And I think what may be true is sometimes our sense of vision is broad. Mm -hmm. You know, someone might say in their coupleship, I would like to have a large family. Um, but that's an undetermined amount of children. Someone else may say, I have a vision for this specific number of children. And so part of what may be true is we're even kind of negotiating and and talking about the details of what the vision looks like, whether it's the number of children or the number of days I'm working out. And again, being able to engage our, our spouse in a way that is safe for ourselves and for others I think is an important part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Just because I call it a vision doesn't give me carte blanche to do whatever I want to do because I'm now saying it's a vision from God. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that can even be a form of spiritual abuse in a coupleship where I have declared it as a vision, it's from God, and then that gives me permission to realize it in any way that I want to. Mm -hmm. And it it could be like if we're trying to create vision for parenting or our own family life, that that a broader vision statement would be, you know, we desire to create family and to have it a place where we can bless children and create safety in our home or whatever that big, you know, I don't think a vision statement would say, I want to have six children. Right. You know, that, that starts falling into, again, more of the the details of the goals that we start setting. And maybe the first step of a goal is, you know, maybe we want to try to have our first child, you know, in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. And so we're not even looking out to some of those end goals. We're just starting the process to see how vision plays itself out, you know. And being able to be open, you know. I think the openness in the conversation is essential. If I come in with kind Mm -hmm. of a very limited, restrictive understanding of what the vision is, it doesn't, it's more of an announcement and less of a conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is such a intimate, significant part of who I am and can be in the coupleship that that openness creates a greater safety to begin the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we, we run into issues with couples or individuals working on their vision because they're starting at the goal level of the steps that you take to Mm -hmm. get to vision rather than starting from the vision right if we start at the top and move down it becomes much easier to make decisions in our life actually um can i share another story yeah absolutely i have stories (laughs) um (laughs) well I, i was working with a wife once in group and she was she was really anxious and kind of overwhelmed and she came in announcing this is how she was feeling and it was because she would she was trying to get a graduation party set up for her son who was graduating from high school 
And she said, you know, we're going to have 500 people. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. We've got to be outside. I'm crabby all the time because I have so much food to prepare. And, you know, on and on and on. I mean, I'm getting exhausted. Right. <laughs> I'm feeling some of her anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and so she said, so I, I don't know exactly what to do. You know, we need to invite these people. We need to invite those people. And you got to invite these people. And, you know, and I said, let's just stop for a minute. You know, like, what is your vision for your son and his graduation? What, what is important about that for you? She said, well, I want him to know how um, wonderful he's done in his work and how much I look forward to what he's going to choose to do moving forward. And I want him to know and be blessed by us as his parents. So um, I said, does that include you being available to him during his graduation celebration? Well, yeah, I guess it would be, you know. And um, she said, I want to be there, and I want to be able to talk with him and his friends, and I want to be available to all of that. And I said, anything else in your vision? She goes, no, that's the most important thing. And I said, well, if we start with vision, what of these next steps do you want in there, and which ones of them are going to prevent you from getting to your vision? She said, well, I don't know that we can deal with that many people, or else I'm going to need a whole lot of help. And I said, well, is that something you can do? Um, she said, well, I think I, I want to do that. If I want to be available to my son, I don't want to be in the kitchen all day, mm -hmm. all week. And I said, well, that sounds like a good step, you know, a good goal step. So she started just filing through what she would have to do to make this event so basically she could be available and not have to work. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know she did that. And she came back to group a couple weeks later and said, I had the most fantastic time. <laughs> Um, my husband and I were there for my son. I don't even know what was going on with the food. I know there was food. My friends took care of it. It was just a wonderful event. And it was a great example, again, of getting that switched around. Mm -hmm. You know, not getting all hung up, getting mad at her husband because he wasn't helping enough with this and that and all that kind of stuff. She went right to the vision, decided what was most important, and then she laid out the rest of the plan for Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, as you were talking about that, I, we a lot of times at the couples workshop, one of the things that comes up is the complexity of holidays. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there can be a lot of pain, history around Christmas, Thanksgiving. And that would be a great example where instead of starting with what are we going to do for Thanksgiving or how are we going to celebrate Christmas, we start with what is our vision? Mm -hmm. You know, if we were just to say, what is our vision for Thanksgiving or what is our vision for Christmas? And we get clear about that. And that many times is a place where couples can agree. It's at that higher level, we can start yes. with agreement. Mm -hmm. And then what are, what's going to need to happen in order for that to be realized? Yeah. And then we start looking at the steps. And, you know, this is one of those places where maybe we have to name our limits. So maybe mm -hmm. what we would love to do to celebrate Christmas or the vision we have for it in this season financially is just not possible and we mm -hmm. still have a vision of financial responsibility and stewardship and naming our limits and so we have to modify not the vision but how we are going to realize that vision mm -hmm. because if the the goal is to celebrate to be with to connect with i can do that if i plan a big vacation and spend a lot of money or i can do that in a small intimate gathering at my house um, that vision can still be realized 
even if the environment or the circumstances have to change. Yes, exactly. And and I know for myself that really working on all of these slices of vision at some point, and, and I do want to mention because Aaron brought this up to us in between our sessions here, is that it's impossible to work on all these kind of slices all the time. You know, we have life to live. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're focused on one or two of them and then you know, in another month or two or another year, we're focused on another one. I think what's just really cool is to be aware of them and um, to pick and choose what, what we can do, what are our limits and maybe we can't do right now. Um, I, I know on our vision for our home and the environment we wanted, we had on there the idea of remodeling for years, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just didn't work out. You know, we didn't have the finances to do that. Um, and it had to wait for a while. And finally, we did get around to that. But I'm just saying, sometimes we can't work on everything at right. one time. Well, and what if, okay, so let's do the remodeling thing. Yeah. The greater vision is to have a safe space that is comfortable and inviting for our family and our friends to be in. That's exactly right. So the remodeling wasn't the vision itself. Right. It was the step. Right. Because yeah, exactly. even if we don't get to remodel, we can still have a safe space. Right. But then what's fascinating is in the remodeling plans, you do it in such a way that it supports community and connection. Mm-hmm. And I've been in your life long enough that I went through the remodeling <laughs> with you. you. <laughs> and um, what I know is y'all were very intentional in the remodeling to create a gathering place. Mm-hmm. We're in the kitchen while people are cooking or getting food together. You can connect. And for those that are sitting in another room, they're not excluded from that. Mm -hmm. And so you can see how, whether you and Mark named the vision clearly to each other, the vision was so integrated into who you are, it became a part of the filter that you use to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And I I would say that probably is the the place where we want to be, is that it's not like everything has to be a vision, but vision is so much a part of how we see yeah. That when something is shifting or changing or something is prompting, we look at it through the lens of vision, whether we name it or not, and that informs us on how we move forward. Yeah, and I agree, Greg, that it just becomes second nature to how you live your life, and um, and also in terms of how you're prioritizing life. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that happens for many of us coming out of really difficult trials or trauma such as sex addiction in our relationships is that we reprioritize things that are meaningful. Mm -hmm. And um, I know for myself coming out of a family where finances and education were always top priorities that for me today, um, neither one of them are up there. I like them. (laughs) Um, I do pay attention to them. And there are other things like spiritual components of my life and also being available to help others and living in an environment that's peaceful and calm to me and other things that I'm willing to spend money on even though I don't have to. Right. Um, and also in, just in terms of enjoying God's life for me right now with whatever time I have left, that um, there will be times when that doesn't involve either of those other really big priorities that I grew up with. Right. And so um, I, I think we are changing our priorities over time, ideally, and Maybe as a couple, we're actually merging more in terms of those priorities, too. I think right. At least that's what happened for us. Well, and what may be true in your family, your parents may not have used this language, but what they were wanting was for you to have a life that was meaningful and significant and had value. Mm-hmm. And their thinking 
college education was the way that you mm-hmm. got there. It was a kind of a narrow path. Yes. Um, so what has happened is that vision for a meaningful life of work that has purpose has is still operating, and you've made adjustments all along the way to accomplish that. It's just that you've expanded the the routes, the paths, the the opportunities mm-hmm. that bring you to that place. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it it's kind of morphed right. through my life exactly. Yeah. You know, um, I think what. I, I think this is true. I may be yeah. wrong. I think one of the trends that I'm hearing about when couples are planning weddings now is to identify like three words that they would want to use to help shape and form the experience. And as I understand it, it's not about specifics, mm-hmm. but it's more of kind of, I would use the word vision. Mm-hmm. So as a couple is planning Maybe they use the word sacred, or maybe they use the word community, or maybe they use the word beauty or nature, you know. And in those, what they're doing is they're first starting with this vision of these are the things that we want people to experience if they come to our wedding. And we start there, and then we organize, plan, set up goals to help create that experience for others. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great example yes. of if we if we expand from, in the last podcast, I talked about the fact that a lot of times people might use the word goal and believe that it is a vision. Mm-hmm. And as you've identified, those are two separate things. And so if we can get more fluent in the language of vision and kind of expand it and prioritize the vision, then the means, the goal to get there becomes clearer. Yes, yeah. So it really, vision is pointing us, I think, to finding meaning in our life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's what makes it so passionate because I, I think God instilled in all of us purpose and passion. And so when when we follow that flow that goes through us, it's almost it's almost like we mm-hmm. we feel that excitement of his, like we're working in a way that we were designed to mm-hmm. be. And, and it is an exciting place to live, and it brings us a lot of joy, even though things can be hard. Right. You know? and, and if someone is listening and they're, like, they're brand new to the language of vision, like mm-hmm. they're, they're just be- beginning to learn it, and they're not sure how to identify it, I think one of the ways to get clarity is to ask yourself the question, what causes me to do the things I do? Mm-hmm. Because many times, consciously and unconsciously, it does represent a vision. Um, you know, it's a very simple thing, but one of my patterns at night is to make sure the doors are locked. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of known for that. And then again and again. Yes, and, and that's, part of, the, that's <laughs> part of the joke. It's not just one time. <laughs> but yes, that's a simple thing to make sure the doors are locked when we go to bed. And what is behind that? What causes me to do that? Well, the vision is to create a safe space. And I know that one of the ways that we create safety is at night making sure that our doors are locked. And, and rarely, if, if we're not willing to do the deeper work and kind of challenge ourselves to think, typically the things that we do are represented by a vision. Mm-hmm. And so for those that are kind of beginning to consider this and maybe in your coupleship, as a couple ask, why do we do the things that we do? Why mm-hmm. do we prioritize the things that we do? Yes. Um, why did we choose to live where we lived? And in that there will be vision. 
Um, an example for Beth and I is that we moved from the suburbs of Chicago into the city of Chicago. And that was a very intentional process that we were a part of, and it was a part of a greater vision. How we wanted to live, what we wanted to be a part of, what we wanted to experience. Um, and there was this sense of divine invitation and, and recognizing that part of this is that invitation to something new from God based upon where we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, vision is wonderful. And as we mentioned, we're, we're advocates of both individual and couples vision. So mm -hmm. another yeah. conversation you might have is where is the balance in our marriage? Do we have lots and lots of individual vision about what we like to do for ourselves, but we don't have too much couples vision? Um, or is it the other way around? We try to do everything together, and therefore some of what my personal vision is about gets neglected. And that's why we believe it's a both. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, a lot of times it's easier to start with your individual vision because you can take also your priorities and your vision statements from that into the couple's vision work. So that's not a bad place to start. And though it may seem like a, a simple conversation for some couples, it can be incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. So this could be a conversation that you take to your therapist if you're working with a couple's counselor. And it may not be something that he or she initiates, but it could be something that you bring and say, hey, we would like to talk about vision as a couple. Can you help us with that to help to create a safe environment for us to begin to explore that? Mm -hmm. And here at Faithful and True, we're regularly talking about vision. And we, we try to integrate it's, it's It's not just vision as individuals and couples, but it's as an organization, as a company. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is the vision that we have? Um, and, and we want to support others as they try to discover that for themselves. Yeah. Amen, brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always think of, Mark, mm -hmm. when it comes to the podcast, because the podcast oh, yes. was a part of a vision mm -hmm. that Mark had yes. 10 years ago. When I started with Faithful and True in 2012, yeah. I came on board and Mark knew that I had some experience having done, you know, some sort of uh, communications work and radio work and voiceover work and things like that. And he had this vision for, at the time, we didn't know what podcasts were. No. That word didn't exist. <laughs> so Mark's term was online radio, radio show. show. <laughs> okay? yes, that's what it so was. he said, I'd really like for us to create an online radio show. And so we created the Men of Valor program. We liked it because Men of Valor was a reflection on his three book series, very popular. Yeah. And it seemed to be this umbrella term that, back to what you're saying constantly, Greg, about becoming the man that God intends us to be. And that's what a man of valor is. And so when we started this, we started so humbly and, and kind of God led us by the hand because mm -hmm. we didn't exactly know what we were doing. But uh, with the help of uh, Mark and Deb's son, Ben, mm -hmm. and Ben uh, was, you know, had some experiences with the engineering part of it. And one thing led to another and we had this uh, online radio show up and running. And over time, we, we heard the term podcast and what a podcast means. <laughs> and then we started getting such strong feedback about the shows that it's going, oh, 
this this is worth saving, you know. So we would save these shows, we'd archive these shows, and now we have over four hundred episodes mm-hmm. for you all who are watching, watching and listening, uh, to have access to as a as a free resource that mm-hmm. you'll find uh, wherever you like to find your podcasts. They can also be found on our website, faithfulandtrue.com. And as we speak about vision, as we wrap up today's podcast. If you want to learn more about vision, it's one of the chapters that is included in Mark and Debbie's book, The Toolkit for Growth. And that can be found in our online bookstore at faithfulandtrue.com. You can order the book and there are 10 meaningful exercises found in these uh, these 10 chapters of uh, exercises that Mark and Debbie created and used with great success with the couples that they worked uh, with for all those years. So... um, I guess I just wanted to include that because there's mm-hmm. so much more for people to enjoy and to learn about vision. Right. And we thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope that the, today's show has been meaningful and beneficial to you. And we hope that this coming week will be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision.